Cool things to get to, but right now we have to get to our Longhorn Notebook. Brought to you by Aaron Bowersock, not only the home loan expert, but your Longhorn lender. Check out Aaron on the web at bowersockteam.com, B-O-W-E-R-S-O-C-K, bowersockteam.com. I just kind of want to run down, uh, Craig, how rough it's been for uh, for the Texas offense on mm-hmm. their last 18 drives. Okay. It's basically the entire TCU game in the second half, or the entire TCU game, second half of the K-State game. Uh, on the offense's last 18 drives, you got one kneel down. That was against K-State, the, the end of the K-State game. Ten punts, two turnovers, three turnovers on down, two field goals. So that's six points, 313 total yards, 3.2 yards per play, uh, 43 for 91 on the ground. That's 2.1 yards per carry. Quinn Ewers, 22 for 48. That's a 45.8% completion rate. No touchdowns, one interception, 222 yards. 21 first downs on money downs. That's third and fourth down. You're five for 15, so converting about 33%. That's not good. And not that this is all on the offense, but penalties. You're at 14 for 122 in your last six quarters on penalties. And that's actually disappointing because last year, as rough as things got, Texas had improved penalties year over year from where they were from Tom Herman's last year to Sark's first year. You go to now, Texas, Craig, whether you're looking at penalties per game, penalty yards per game, they're dead last in the Big 12. So that's something that's got to get fixed. It's got to be turned. It's got to be turned around. We they've gone from untimely penalties to just a slew of penalties, and you know you get a couple of ones like a roughing the punter or whatever the the fifteen yarders. Those will add up pretty quick. So I want to go over that. I also wanted to go back real quick before we talk about the big picture. I wanted to look at the TCU game. Just from the standpoint of, and, and again, I'm not. I'm trying not to bash the Texas offense, but I do want to look at uh, the, the the stuff that I talked about that was going to be big for Texas. The basically go back to my three keys to a Longhorn victory on Friday. One was win the explosive play battle. Uh, you lost that seven to four, and two of TCU's explosive plays went for touchdowns: the 75 yard Kendra Miller touchdown run and the 29 yard Quentin Johnston. Touchdown catch, or I'm sorry, the 31 yard Quentin Johnson touchdown catch on the coverage bust. So you lost explosive plays basically in a landslide. Uh, the other one was situational football and specifically the red zone. Now, the red zone, uh, both teams were identical. Each had one to two possessions in the red zone. Both teams came away with three points. Uh, that said, when you look at the Longhorns, uh, Overall, going back to money downs, TCU 7 of 18 on third down, Texas third and fourth down, and TCU never attempted a fourth down, Texas third and fourth down combined. Uh, how about two for 17 on money downs? And we know field position was just a nightmare for Texas, especially in the first half. That's one of the reasons why it was hard, Craig, for the offense to get on track because it's hard to do that when you're coming off your goal line. Your play calls completely change. And I'm not, look, I'm not excusing. I talked yesterday about, you know, how things went bad for Sark, but that just shows you, man, when you keep flipping the field. I mean, I, and that's maybe the most impressive thing about the defense. I mean, you kept flipping the field. TCU had four possessions that started in plus territory, and you in the first half only giving up three points. It was just a great effort by the defense. So it was one explosive play battle, situational football, and then the middle eight, you lost the middle eight. You gave up that field goal right before the half, and you had to deal at the end of the first half where Sark called the timeout and let the clock run down, called the timeout, and punted on fourth and one, which as I said yesterday, I, I didn't have – I understood his reasoning, and I didn't have a 
huge problem with it because at that point, if you fail right there, now you're giving them the ball at midfield and maybe the dam breaks on the defense or whatever. So just wanted to go over that just to kind of encapsulate how rough it's been for the Texas offense. Now, I do. Uh, by the way, somebody on the Specs text line said, would that mean that Texas opponents would be number one in least amount of penalties and penalty yardage? I will, that would take some different research. Yeah, uh, actually, Oklahoma State right now leads the Big 12 uh, in p- fewest penalty yards per game. They're at 35.1. Well, that would speak to that 14 penalties called against Texas, none yeah, against Oklahoma State game. fewest penalties, if you give me just a second, uh, Oklahoma State leads the Big 12 in fewest total penalties. Penalties per game, that should be the same. Yeah, Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State number two in the country if you penalties per game. Right Buoyed now. by that 14 penalties called against Texas and none against Oklahoma State in the game in Stillwater. 14 mil. Uh, yeah, not not ideal. It's uh, not, not good. So I want to talk about the big picture because I understand the frustration of Texas fans. I talked about this when I was on Alt Coke FM this morning. I understand the frustration of Texas fans because – and. and this is where, because you've done the coaching change thing so much in the last 12 years, it's not Sark's fault what's happened in the decade plus before he got here, right? But he's charged with fixing it, and you get to a point where the fan base just doesn't want to hear, well, you're young, you're building the program, blah, 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 especially when they see you know, the results Sonny Dykes is getting in year one and Dave Aranda in year two wins a conference championship and, and so on and so forth. I can keep going on down the line, but... I think it's not what you got to remember in terms of is is this the right guy? Is this thing headed in the right direction? You have to have two different schools of thought. You can you can, you can be disappointed, and you should be disappointed with the TCU game. If you want to be frustrated and furious about the TCU game, go have at it. Horrible night for everybody involved on the offense. Whatever that that's different. But you can also look at it and say, yeah. This team has improved year over year. And whether it's Jalen Ford or Kelvin Banks, Jatavian Sanders, going down the line, we see guys getting better. Ryan Watts, Terrence Brooks, we see their guys are getting better. We see some positive signs of player development. So it's not an all or nothing thing. And I say that, and I, I'm I'm going to do something that I don't normally do. I'm going to speak to the... I don't want to say the irrational fans, but the fans that have the knee-jerk reaction of, okay, do, do you want to, well, maybe you should fire Sark. Maybe we should get this guy. Maybe we should get that guy. Look, if you want to, and I'm just speaking for me, I've, I haven't seen enough at this point to unequivocally say Sark is the guy that's going to get this turned around and get this to where everybody wants to be. But I feel like I have seen enough positives to say, Let's keep going on this trajectory. Let's keep going down this road for a little bit. Whether it's recruiting, whether it's player development, the culture. He hasn't lost the team. This team's, the team's still playing hard. Uh, you do have a freshman quarterback that's had some struggles, and I talked about it a lot yesterday. That you, as a coach, I think you've got to do a little, a lot more to help him out in some of those situations, including in light of what Sark said yesterday at the press conference, where hey, Quinn's going with the ball where it's designed to go. So I think I just think Texas fans need to take a step back. And just look at the two things separately. You can be mad, upset, and frustrated about the loss and the fact that you no longer control your own destiny for the Big 12 title, uh, at least a birth in the Big 12 title game. But at the same time, you can look at the body of work, and even though the losses are piled up and it's a four-loss team and the one-score nature of those losses, you can look at this team and say, yeah, they are improved, and you can feel like they're headed in the right direction. Now, 
Could a lot of that change if you don't win these last two games? Absolutely. But if you go win these last two games against two, it's Kansas and Baylor, so I know historically it's tough for Texas fans to view through this prism. It's two quality opponents. Oh, and by the way, I mentioned I was going to have a Kansas quarterback update. There's a report out that Jalen Daniels is going to be available for this mm-hmm. game. I, I'm, I was told last night, expect that to be true. Yeah. And he should be the guy on the field against Texas. They've got him listed number one on their depth chart on the game notes for what that's worth. Sometimes yeah. the guys are listed and, they have, and there's no intention of those guys playing at all. But he is listed in their game notes as being number one on their depth chart. And I think they kind of have to go with him this week because Jason, uh, Jason Bean's banged up yeah. and right. their third stringer's a freshman. Right. So that just it's unfortunate for Texas that the game that Jalen Daniels is coming back is going to be Here it is. Game. But it's two quality opponents, man. I really think, Craig, you get this thing done with eight wins and you know, you look at the guys that have made progress. And if Quinn especially if Quinn bounces back and has two good games to end the year, uh I, I think people will feel better about it. Not that people will feel satisfied, you'll feel better about it. Now, likewise, you can lose these last two games real easy. So it's it's real it's a slippery slope right now. But right now I just think you need to for now, for the time being, you just need to try to separate the two. Okay. All right. Uh, so uh, there is our Longhorn notebook for this hour. Uh, one other uh, 